You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for another third watch recap episode. We are into the fourth episode of the first season, entitled "Hell Is What You Make of It." This aired on the September uh, the seventeenth. I was saying September for some reason. October the seventeenth, nineteen ninety nine, and we are going to party like it's nineteen ninety nine talking about a very fun episode i enjoy this episode my name is ben and i'm a female cop everyone thinks i'm a lesbian and i'm brandy and we're back at it again we are and we're ready we're excited how are we at number four already brandy we're enjoying this too much we are but it's so worth it the late nights is up (laughs) we can if we if we had time we would talk about we would be up Maybe 10 episodes. Damn straight. We're going to do <laughs> that now. one time. I reckon we're going to order pizza. We're going to drink beer and we're going to be pissed by the end of it. That's what we want to do. Um, there we go. We are, we are here for Hell is What You Make of It. Again, as I said, the fourth episode. And we're going to get straight into this, I feel, because this is a fun episode. It is Jimmy versus Bosco. I was looking forward to this episode. And uh, it starts off straight away with uh, Jimmy with his very souped up, fancy looking car getting ready to park in a spot outside the station. And who comes in and steals his spot? Bosco, in his equally fancy car, just drives straight in. And then we get Jimmy straight away yelling at him, you know, what the hell, that's my spot. And I love Bosco's attitude. He's just like, got a problem, bucket boy, call the cops. (laughs) And he just walks off. (laughs) Obviously sets up what we know is going to happen in this episode, but... Just want to point out, Jimmy vs. Bosco is one of my favourite little things that we have in this show that, again, as I mentioned last episode, just doesn't get explored that much. It doesn't. I agree. Mm. We'll talk about that in this episode, though. Sort of before the credits, though, we get... Uh, which is kind of, you know, parallel to what we had in the last episode, isn't it? We kind of get a fun scene mixed with a serious scene, Bobby and Kim having to save a, a young boy who's uh, drowning in his pool, hit his head, basically. Um, and you know, the one thing I got from this is the fact is, literally, they kind of asked the question, how long's he been in the water for? A while. Now, let's analyse this situation. The kid has fallen in the pool, he's hit his head... They've had to call an ambulance. Let's even just imagine it's at least five minutes until Bobby and Kim arrive. Now, why are these kids not getting this kid out of the pool? And surely if that kid thank is you. underwater for like five minutes, he's dead. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I was going to... This is a scene I wanted to talk about, but you just nailed it for me. Thank you. Because <laughs> um, I like... Okay, there's two boys there in the scene, right? Yeah. One boy's in the pool, and there's two who are perfectly fine. And he's like, you try to get him out. How do you guys not get him out? The boy is water. He's going to be light. Yeah. Okay? You can get him out. <laughs> I, I don't know. And even, as I mean, you said, there's two of them. So surely they could both get in there and, like, you think about the time that it takes for this kid. He's jumped off the roof or wherever he's jumped off. He's hit his head. So there's probably at least an initial 30-second period where they've gone... You know, I don't even know what the boy's name is. Let's say his name's Jim. Jim, are you okay? Jim, Jim, what's going on? Shit, Jim's not coming. Quick, dive in and see if he's okay. So then they've tried to get him. They can't get him. So there's at least a, probably a two to three minute period there where they're worrying about him, trying to get him out of the pool before they've dialed 911. And then you might add another five minutes on top of that. I don't know what the response time was, but let's just hypothetically say there's an eight minute turnaround from him hitting his head to being in the pool and I'm sorry, you can't hit your head and be underwater for eight minutes and survive. That kid is dead. No. No, he's do- he's gone. Brain damage did not. Like, he's gone. He's gone. Yep. I mean, I thought the same thing. I'm happy you touched on it because I was going to stop you and be like, wait, wait. But <laughs> no, you nailed it. <laughs> And look, I don't want to be nitpicky. I feel I feel we kind of not need to be so no, nitpicky about like, these things six, because... But, I, these are two teenage boys yeah. who, when you're... If someone's in the water, like, when you're in the water, my son can't swim, right? And he hates water. But when, like, if I go into the pool, I'll take him with me, and he's super light in the pool. So it's like, they could have got him to say... They could have got him out of the pool and try something. But, you know, it's TV. They had to make this scene intense. I get it. But at the same time, it's like... Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, look, there is plenty of scenes, and we talk about how great this show is, but, you know, we are going to nitpick several things across the six seasons of this show because there are some very unrealistic moments in Third Watch. Believe me, we will get to some of those. But, I mean, another thing, too, which I kind of was like, <laughs> is this possible? Like, when, they're, when they've got the paddles on him, when they're charging him to get his heart started, 
This kid has just been in the water. He is wet. What happens with electricity and water? Why is Bobby and Kim not getting electrocuted at that very moment? <laughs> oh, man. Again, I'm no I Dr. Just... Brandy. I don't know how they work. <laughs> no, no. I, I'm just... No, I just... Yeah, I get... Yeah, I mean... Okay, well, they didn't say he made it, so perhaps he's brain. Well, look, he's look, look, let's just let's just hypothetically be a horrible pair of people and I assume that kid is brain dead. He died. Okay, there we go. Let's be he's honest, he's dead. Okay, there you go. He's dead because he's. Come on. You and yeah, I, Brandy, have just killed a kid. Well done. <laughs> Please don't hate us, <laughs> Kim. Yeah, don't hate back to Kim. Kim Raver, we love you. I think on her character. I think I got. It. I think I'm done for the episode. I can't nag on her character anymore. <laughs> Brandy's out. Um, we so anyway, crossing between the fact that Bobby and Kim have just killed a kid, um, we get <laughs> we uh, we get this great scene. I like I like sort of uh, you know mentioning so much about you know Jimmy versus Bosco. I do love. Happy Davis mixing with Grumpy Sully, particularly at the beginning of this episode. You know, you've got Davis, he's in the car, he's whistling, don't worry, be happy. He's talking about how he shot some hoops with the guys, you know, took a run. Uh, it's, it's a great day. And then Sully just basically like, it's Monday. Mondays suck. To which we find out there are 12 calls waiting for them. And we get, like, the list of jobs to which they automatically call out the suspicious odour as the weirdest one. I'm Look, I'm not worried about the suspicious odour. Did you listen to these jobs? There's a woman stuck in a tub. Why isn't that the one that they're worried about? Like, how does a woman get stuck in a tub? <laughs> That's... I want to hear about that one. <laughs> we will definitely get to... Uh, but, I mean... This this episode is definitely interesting. Well, it's more interesting than the last episode. I will say that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, we got lots to touch on with that, but uh, this this leads into it. I mean, we sort of get Davis and and Sully just their cross, you know, attitudes early on. Uh, but it kind of in between that, we uh, we sort of get the first bit of revenge from Jimmy against Bosco, and this kind of I think we touched on this a little bit last episode. How we said a lot of stuff probably. You know, 1999, you you wouldn't... I wouldn't say not get away with in 2017. It would just be looked upon differently. And so we get this scene of Bosco showing up with a perp. He's taking him back inside. And then we've got the desk sergeant, or I guess that's who he is, saying, oh, you know, Maurice, we've got some flowers here for you uh, from Lance. And to which, uh, you know, Bosco's basically saying, like, oh, it's not from... It's from Jimmy. He's a firefighter across the street. We had a fight. It's like, oh, it looks like he wants to make up. Oh, he's just angry because I parked in his space. Oh, that's what they're calling it nowadays. (laughs) Like, it is kind of funny. But, like, I mean, you know, it's basically just implying about how disgusted it would be that he would be gay. Uh, You know, there's subtle homophobia in this episode. (laughs) But... It's a fun scene, at least. That was, that was good. I love that. Cause, like, that's what they're calling it. Like, that was just awesome. Like, they set that up perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it crosses in. We get back to Davis and Sally. I, I love this whole sequence. Again, it's got of, like, naive Davis. This is kind of... We haven't had this in a couple of episodes, but... And it's sort of mixed with Sully's, you know, he's seen everything sort of cop attitude. So they rock up to this building, and basically they get outside, and straight away <laughs> Sully's just like... Always make sure you look up when you arrive at these places. Bangers will throw trash on you. And it's like, oh, okay, and kitty litter. You know, and he's kind of like, you know, he's just so calm about it. Goes inside, goes to use the elevator. Oh, no, we don't use it. And they put burning trash on it. And as they're going up the stairs, he slips over. It's kind of just like, Davis is just so naive about this sort of stuff. And Sully's just kind of like, yeah, this is what they do. <laughs> and, then, like, he, and then he slips. Because <laughs> yeah. he's naive. Yeah. And that would like- hurt. That's a big fall that he has too. Let's just point that out. It was, and David's. A, I mean, in Davis's offense, Sully is in the mood, so he's like, "Don't ruin if he, this is going to ruin my mood." Yeah. <laughs> he's like, "It's not going to happen," and then he slips. Yeah. So I mean, I get why he didn't take him serious, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's completely you know again like so naive and that, but it's it's good. I like uh, we haven't had this in an episode or two, sort of naive Davis, and it, it kind of it's it's kind of when we'll get to that sort of cross balancing with the Doc Carlos situation because again, it's it's a real episode about the rookies and their seniors having issues 
And while we've seen sort of, you know, episodes where we're really seeing it through the eyes of these rookies, because that's helping us as a viewer kind of get into this world of cops and paramedics, this is the, the real episode where, like, yeah, we got Doc and Carlos kind of having issues in the past episode, but this is really, like, issues between it. And while obviously they're different issues, um, obviously, you know, it's more about Carlos's style and, and Doc's style, whereas this one's more about just Dave has been completely naive to this situation. Um, it's just, it's, it's really, really, really interesting how that works. Um, and I also, I love the fact too, that obviously we get them going up to this place, the suspicious odor that we mentioned before and Davis, uh, basically, you know, comes across a body, uh, covered in maggots and flies and everything. And, and then Sully just so blase about the situation. He's just basically like, Oh, you know, Mondays. And poor Davis has stepped in dead guy and walked outside and all like, ooh, 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 ooh. Which, you know, let's be honest, if you've walked into a house like that, you would be. And it's just, I just love that. I, I just love that line that Sully gives. Mondays. He <laughs> <laughs> kept saying this is going to be a bad day. It's Monday. It's yep. going to be bad. Yep. <laughs> um, but I don't think I could ever get used to that. Like, you know how, like, we talked about Carlos and Doc got numb to death? Yeah. But seeing all those maggots and the flies with the guy in the bathtub, I just, oh, goodness, no. Yeah, no. It's, it's, I mean, it's just, again, it's it's part of the job. It's, I mean, look, yeah, I, yeah, I personally have the utmost respect for people in that industry because, again, they, they and this is, I think, what Third Watch really does well, particularly in these first four or five seasons. It shows. It's again. It's a character-driven show, but it, it. You know, these are people who are just regular people. They live regular lives, but they've got to do a job that you really don't. I think understand just how disgusting. Well, disgusting. Like how confronting. That's the word I should say. Is these jobs? You know, it's like you. You may have certain viewpoints of a, of of the police. You may have certain viewpoints of you know doctors and paramedics. But I mean. You know, these are people who are seeing pretty much everybody's worst days of their... And I think that's mentioned at one point in the show, like, you know, the the worst days of people's lives. And this is just kind of what they, you know, they do. And I, I think it kind of... It's a good cross-balance we get in this episode later on when we get Doc and the lady showing up with the, the cookies. You know, it's kind of like... You know, Doc doesn't initially remember this person because, again, kind of going back to last episode, you know, they deal with, like, 17 deaths a week, like, the amount of people that they see. But, obviously, if you flip that and you think about it, if you, like, you know, if you had a, a moment with your son and a paramedic saved your son's life, you're going to remember that paramedic. They might not remember you, but you are like, hey, you saved my son's life. I'm going to bake you some cookies. So, it's kind of, it's an interesting, you know, comparison how it does that, isn't it? It is, you know, and I actually had a real life experience with that. Like my son had gotten meningitis and I almost lost him. But the paramedics that came, I remembered them for bad, didn't good, unfortunately. Which, you know, but yeah. I get what you're saying. I guess I guess it's kind of you I mean you all yeah, you have your differing experiences. Well, yeah, like, like I'm sure people out there like I'm mean, all all sort of experiences with the police aren't necessarily positive. Exactly. So I have met all the police are good. Like, I haven't met a bad one. Yeah. Look, but, yeah, no. I mean, yeah, no, I get what you're saying, though. I mean, yeah, you don't ever forget that day, though. You don't. Yeah. You know, and the ones that have, like, truly were there and truly made things better, you do not forget. You don't forget that. You don't. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like if people sort of talk to me about, you know, the fact that, like, you know, you go to America and they talk to you about, oh, what, you know, they ask you sort of questions and kind of. I, I like to always say the only rude Americans I ever meet are ones at airports and like the uh, the the customs people, you know, and they're like your first point of call when you land in America. <laughs> like that's your first smiling face you go to is a person behind a counter who's got the power to stamp your passport or turn you back away to Australia, and they're generally the only rude Americans I ever meet. <laughs> I'm Other than that, you guys are great. But like when it comes to the, your people at the, at the gate of your airport. Just learn to smile a bit. But again, I respect every American who wants to let me in the country because I'm coming back soon. Please let me into your country. Uh <laughs> okay. My own people are mean to me too. Don't worry. <laughs> the TSA. They're not. I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So, um, cross back to uh, Bosco in the car with uh, Yokus. 
And um, and this is kind of, again, hidden homophobia of Bosco. It's not really hidden. I mean, we're just really getting a real sense of Bosco being a tad homophobic. Um, and what, is, what does Yoko say? Like, what, are you scared they think you're gay? And he's like, damn right. You know, I'm, I'm scared they think you're gay. You wouldn't like it if they think you're gay. And he's like, I'm a female cop. Everyone thinks I'm a lesbian. <laughs> Which I guess in reference is kind of a fairish point. I mean, it's kind of, you know, a sad aspect, isn't it? That a lot of people would think that, but I guess that was kind of a lot of society automatically assume that. Well, Yoka's also, she is that badass cop, though. She's not very, like, feminine yeah. in this episode, you know, in each show. And so I can get that, but, like, some of the cops I have met are, like, super feminine. I never thought that. I'm just like, oh, wow. <laughs> I'm surprised they're actually that feminine. Yeah. It's 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 interesting. I do like the little bit there where Yokus is again going back to what we were talking about last episode about how she deals with him, and they like to kind of play out, play up to Bosco and tease him a little bit when she's like, "Fred's always thought you were gay." Uh, it's just like something about <laughs> like, the way you walk. <laughs> Oh, that is hilarious. I love that part, too. And it does lead to a fantastic scene when we ultimately get him walking funny and Bobby calls him out for it. <laughs> but um, I'll get to that separately. Um, but we kind of set up here, Carlos and Doc. We're sort of mentioning about Sally and Davis, kind of, you know, what's leading up to them. But we really get Doc-Carlos this episode, like, really kind of against each other and so we kind of get it with first of all this scene with this young girl she's struggling with asthma and you know carlos wants to use a, a an epi pen or an epi needle on him on her and then Car- doc is just basically like look no epi like just calm her down she's a little kid um you know just talk to yeah doc doc's very much like doc's like a sully you know it's kind of like you know he's been out there for a long time he knows like it's not always about this that and everything else whereas you know carlos he's fresh he's new it's all about procedure like you know let's do this let's do that the one thing can i just point out that i picked up from this scene and this is a weird thing to pick up in a couple of episodes with doc and carlos we get a sort of a bit of a storyline about carlos driving and like that's kind of mentioned in that episode that I think I think Carlos says in that episode, "Oh, you've only let me drive once." Now, did you pick up on this really quickly when they're in the back of that ambulance? Car- Doc says to Carlos, "You drive. I'll stay in the back here and calm her down." So it's kind of it's a weird thing that like it becomes almost a weird storyline that every time uh, Carlos drives, he gets basically involved in an accident. Yet at this point, uh, yeah. it's kind of like, "Hey, let's just let him drive." Like it's blase. I don't know. That was a weird thing I picked up on. No, I I noticed that as well. And he does get an accident every time he drives. Yes, we'll get. It becomes a huge part. It becomes they make it a huge part in later on in some of the seasons as well. Yeah. Uh, So I mean that's just kind of a little bit, but I mean that sets up sort of Doc Carlos. They're fighting a lot this episode about their different styles. Uh, Cut to Bobby and Kim. We've they've obviously solved their issues from the last episode, but we learn that Bobby and Dana have been sleeping with each other. Uh, and then we come across uh, Sunny again. Dear old Sunny, like sunshine. Uh, she becomes a bit of a plot point. Meanwhile, again, this passing little scene that Bosco's walking funny. And Bobby, what does he say? Like, you hurt your hip or something? And it's like, you're walking funny. There's not a damn thing wrong with the way I walk. <laughs> and I, I do love one of my favorite bits of this. It's just kind of a real little subtle moment is when Bobby has the look on his face and he kind of, like, he points at Bosco, but then he kind of, like, turns his head as if to say, like, what's he... Oh, never mind. And he just, like, he just... It's just so... Such a passing little second of a moment. But I just love the look on Bobby's face when he does that. Oh, I do like how Faith was like, it's the, it's just a belt. Every, it makes everyone walk funny. Yeah, yeah. Great. <laughs> and, you know, you actually see a little sway in Bosco, too. Like, I, I don't think I've ever, like, noticed that until, like, actually... Like, hearing that in the episode, it's like, wow, that is funny. Because Bosco does have his... His whole character has a certain way he looks, a certain way he walks and everything. So, it's pretty funny that they've uh, pointed that out. And and the one thing that I find kind of fascinating with it, too, it's like, we talk about these rivalries and these hidden little things. Like, one partnership, one little character development, like, we never see Bobby and Bosco interact. This might be the only time Bobby and Bosco ever have direct interaction that's just a weird thing that i've point i want to point out i don't know why I, that's even a thing that we should care about but i don't know bobby and bosco never interact this is probably the only time they ever interact that is true just a I weird don't think I ever, no i don't really think i ever seen them like truly interact mm. now that you mentioned we'll keep an eye out i'm trying that. to think yeah yeah no i will because like there's some episodes i don't remember every scene mm-hmm. 
So we might catch something, you know. There might be something that I'm forgetting too, but yeah, from memory, that's pretty much it. But obviously, this bit we get um, Sunny. You know, they're, they're starting to worry. This is what the third time we've dealt with dear little old Sunny. Um, and Kim essentially says, like, "Hey, here's an address. It's a shelter. You should go there." Uh, and that will obviously play a part um, coming along line here. But uh, this this leads us to um, this is a strange scene. This this, okay. this jumping scene. Cringeworthy again. It's, I'm just gonna say, oops. Yeah, but like, it's, 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 it's just strange the way it's set up because it's kind of, it's like here's Bosco and Faith. They've got to come to this apartment. You know, we we deal with a jumper. We learn that Bosco doesn't like jumpers. Um, you know, he's quick to deal with it, but then he obviously learns that he's gay, so he automatically gets a bit uncomfortable. With it. You know, it builds into, I guess, this caring factor that Bosco has ultimately inside of him. You know, it's kind of a sweet little moment where he's all like, oh, you know, you're a handsome guy. There's plenty of guys out there for you. It's, 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 it turns out nice. But the way it's done, like, I mean, I know it's meant to be kind of funny because the way it's kind of like, if you listen to the music in the background, it's, it's almost like they're deliberately playing this up to be a humorous moment. And then all of a sudden, they've grabbed him. He's slipped. He's all of a sudden gone from wanting to kill himself to all of a sudden being like, I don't want to die. And then they then they basically, they drop him. You hear a splat and you get oops, which is like, it's 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 funny. Cringeworthy. But like, let's, like, cringeworthy, I think he's kind of, yeah, like I, I get that. Because like, you think about, you think about how they've got to go with that moment. From that point, they've got to turn around to that guy's mum, to his family and be like, um, sorry, we dropped him. <laughs> it's like, how do they deal with that well, situation? Before, even Faith, before, before Faith even gets him, she's like, we got him, we got him kind of thing. And it's like, I'm thinking, I don't know, maybe this is just being nitpicky and like realistic again, but you tell the, the family you got him, right? So they were like, oh, they saw, they breathed a sign of relief. But then as soon as Bosco, like he's, the dude slips, Bosco says, oops. I just, I just, that's my least favorite scene in this whole episode, to be honest. Just a oops factor. I mean, I, I wish like they could have done it different, to be honest. But it's, it is what it is. Yeah, look, yeah. I didn't find it funny. It's kind. It's just. It's how they do it. It's just. Yeah. It's, but I mean, the way they play it off, I think they're deliberately doing it. Whether it's meant because again, go back and watch it and listen to the music in the background. That's kind of a real giveaway that something a bit silly is about to happen. Because uh, you know, it's not even tense when they hold on to him. If you know what I mean. You know, you go back to a couple of episodes ago when you know Carlos is hanging that guy out of the thing and Jimmy comes in and saves him. You know, that's tense. Whereas this is kind of like, oh lol, just kidding, dropped him. Oops. Well, because he was on to sleeve as well, like. You know, like, realistically, and things you don't hold on to a sleeve of a person if they're about to fall. Mm. You grabbed her hand. And Bosco had his sleeve. So I kind of, you kind of see it coming, like you say. You do see a little bit of, like, hints. But and let's and let's be honest. Like for an episode that I think we've both said it's an enjoyable episode, we've already gone over the fact that Bobby and Kim have killed a kid, and Bosco's basically just <laughs> dropped the guy and gone, "Oops." <laughs> I love how you explain, like, Bobby and Kim already killed a kid. Well, let's be honest, they didn't kill the kid. The kids killed the kid. They just, you know, they hit the head and they didn't save him, all right? Which is being a bit mean to Bobby and Kim. But, like, this episode, you and I have killed the kid. We've said he's dead. So. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, I think these are more cringeworthy than the baby dropping out of the building in the first episode. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. It's, you know. it's, yeah. Hmm. Anyway, so we, we cut then. Carlos and Doc are fighting again about their styles. We, we kind of, um, hear Doc saying, you know, this is my bus. We do things my way. Is that the scene where he basically says, you know, this is, you know, you're just keeping the seat warm until Jerry, I think that might be it. Uh, we obviously then cross to, to Davis and, and Sully. I do like, yeah, like, I think we mentioned last episode with the whole, you know, I've got big feet, they're not gonna have my size. You know, what size are you? 17. It's like, oh, you know, those aren't feet, those are clown shoes. And I do, I do love, um, just Sully's blase <laughs> nature about the whole thing. You stepped in dead guy, you burn those. <laughs> Those are both of the clown shoes. Yeah, yeah. Size 17. I'm just like, wow. I don't think I ever met somebody who has size 17 feet. You want to wow. meet someone with size 17 feet. <laughs> not really. No, I'm um, but it's... <laughs> I, I think I'll be more focused on their feet than their face, because I'm just like, how? How? <laughs> but, um... I, I, we obviously, obviously, he doesn't get shoes because eventually, when we get to lunch, you know, his shoes still smell. So clearly, we know that Davis doesn't get shoes. Yeah. Well, I was thinking like this dude 
Davis really had to get his shoes custom made. Mm-hmm. So how long is it going to get him to get his shoes custom made? Because you know there's not that many cops in the precinct that have that big size of a feet. And, and and again, let's 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 analyze. Again, maybe we're just being a bit harsh on this episode as much as we like it. But if he stepped in a dead body, if he stepped in like bits and pieces of a guy who's been dead, why is he walking around like even if he can't get his own size, surely they've at least hosed them off or they've, they've done something with them. I thought the guy was in the bathtub. Maybe I'm confused. When we see him walk in, like the body's a bit far back, but I guess because that house stunk so much or something along those lines. But uh, yeah, it's just it's kind of weirdly passed off the way they say, like, you said the dead guy. And then later on when he's with Carlos, he's kind of just like, oh, what's that smell? Is it the food? No, I stepped in dead guy. It's like, oh, okay, cool. You're just walking around with bits of a dead body on your feet that smell pretty normal in New York. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. I don't have that else to say. That. It was just, yeah. Anyway, but um, we get sort of uh, Bosco in the car talking with Yokus about their oops moment. You know, why do those guys always have to make a big deal? It's like, oh, those guys? And it's like, oh, I didn't mean them. And he's like, does the word homophobic mean anything to you? And I do like Bosco's, you know, which is kind of like a typical guy thing, you know, that type of guy thing. I shouldn't say a typical guy thing. There are certain guys who react that way, or the homophobic type. <laughs> when he's like, what? Oh, there was a guy in my uh, football team in high school was gay, played right across next to him. It's like, oh, did you shower next to him? Oh, what, so he could check me out? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I can't think I mentioned in this episode subtly homophobic. I don't think there's anything subtle about it. Bosco's a bit of a homophobe. Yes. Even it's though he attempted to save a guy before dropping him and saying oops. I still don't I <laughs> Yeah. I still don't see how. Hmm. In between this, we get another Carlos V. Doc scene. Obviously, they've gone to help this uh, woman out who Carlos is basically saying, you've got gastroenteritis, you've got the stomach flu, we don't need to take you to the hospital. But Doc is obviously like, look, you know, we're going to help this woman because clearly she's uh, she's uh, poor, so they're going to help her out. You know, it's Doc's way because, you know, obviously he's just being polite. He's helping her out. Um, and that obviously comes into a bit of conflict after. Um, we also then get this restaurant fire. You know, they've actually found something for Jimmy to do. Uh, you know, Jimmy's, besides uh, getting his car car spot stolen, he hasn't really done much this episode. So here we go. We've got a fire. And um, Bosco and Yokus go in and save all the, the furniture and everything for this guy. And basically, Jimmy rocks up, turns around and says, out of the way, ladies. And I love Bosco's reaction. He just called me a lady? And then Yokus is just like, oh, please, I should be more offended by that. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, I like that. But uh, this obviously all leads to the fact that, um, you know, they've saved the furniture. So this guy who owns a restaurant is all like, hey, thanks for saving my stuff. Here's some meat. Gives them to Jimmy. To which Bosco and Faith are like, oh, wicked. We're going to have some barbecue. And Jimmy's like, I didn't see you doing anything. So kind of this ultimately leads to a bit more conflict. Which, look, I mean, let's let's be honest. I think, I think you know, Bosco and Yokus had a bit of a right to some of that meat. They should have at least shared it. But obviously Jimmy's going to be a douche because Bosco was a douche to Jimmy. So I think... Yeah, but to Yokus? I thought, I would at least think that, okay, to Yokus, he might have been like, yeah, Yokus, here, you can have some, but he can't, you know? Yeah. I... I was surprised that he said no to Yokus too, to be honest. But then again, it's the police versus the firemen yeah. kind of mentality, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I, I like the little scene when we... Um, well, we get this Bobby and Kim scene, obviously, because we're going to learn that Kim's had a wallet stolen. But I like the, in the lead-up to when they go into the little... the doctor's room, I guess, when um, Bobby's like oh, I'm just going to go see Dana. And she's like, oh, just don't be long. And he's like, oh, I'll just be two seconds. And Kim's like, I've heard that about you. <laughs> just a nice little banter. I think that's funny. But yeah, well, obviously, you know, they go into the doctor's room. They've obviously got like a coffee machine there. And, um, you know, they're meant to donate money to obviously help with it. So Bobby says, hey, you should put some money in there for once. So Kim goes to put money in it. But, oh, no, she's had a wallet stolen. We learn that she's um, got $200 missing in there. And we also learn that uh, she's got thirteen. Was it thirteen credit cards, or was it was it more than that? Um, I don't, she is Kim. She has a lot of credit cards, that. basically sixteen credit cards. Sixteen. But she's a single mom, though, because yeah. she also talks about how Jimmy stiffs her on. So I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, look, it's just it's, that's, that's, that's still a lot of credit cards, like sixteen. Like, that's look, still a lot of credit. I was trying to find a reason for her, okay? But I you're, tra- you're, tra- you're trying to you're trying to come back and defend Kim rather than rip shit into a good job. A little bit <laughs> to make up for how I nagged on her for so long. <laughs> we'll get to that, but I mean, sort of in between again, another Carlos uh, Doc uh, fighting scene when they rock up to a a, a guy's been shot. 
And uh, Doc basically is like, no, we're you know, there's visible weapons. We wait. To which this, you know, guy with the baseball bat doesn't exactly make them want to get out any sooner by smashing the window. Um, and it's it's kind of one of those interesting scenes that really kind of goes back to the first episode where you know they showed up and Jim, uh, Jerry got shot. But again, it's kind of like going into just the the graphic nature of their job and what they have to deal with. You know, they they have to show up to scenes like this where they're putting themselves in danger and kind of as it's mentioned at the end of the episode with Jerry's wife, like they don't have weapons. They don't have anything there to defend themselves. And they've got, you know, a a gang of people surrounding this guy uh, who's, who's injured. Um, You know, I mean, look, I'm with Doc there. I'm not getting out of that until the cops show up. I am with Doc. I am. I think he was in the right. You know, I mean, as much as I would hate to see a guy die, I would have done the same thing. You know, because like how many people were in that group? Like twenty, oh. and they were all violent. Exactly. Well, I don't know if they were violent, but well, they're, they're <laughs> standing around a guy with no or- shirts on and baseball bats. I don't think they're there to have a tea party. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> well, maybe they did want to. No, well, maybe. No, exactly. Maybe. So I agree. <laughs> That's how they invite I mean, people over for tea. But here's the thing. But here's the thing with this, this is this is what. Here's the thing, though. The last episode, the, there was one guy with a baseball bat. And Carlos was like, let's go. Come on, Doc. Let's go. And Doc was like, it was not his watch. But this episode, Carlos Carlos wants to get out when there's 20 people yeah. and there's a guy with a baseball bat. So I'm like... Yeah. Different situation. Obviously, we've got an injured guy versus giving a watch back. But yeah, yeah. I mean, you notice it, but it's kind of like, I think it's slightly different situations. But yeah, I mean, it's still a good point. I don't know. I just think, to me, it was like, it's the same. To me, it was the same a little bit. But yeah, it's obviously adding. I mean, that's that's kind of from that scene is when we get the whole um, Doc and Carlos fighting. You know, we're not a taxi service; we have different styles. You're keeping the seat warm till Jerry gets back. Basically, um, we also get a random scene of Jimmy. I think we talked about this a few episodes ago about how Jimmy kind of plays up to the firefighter card. You know, we get this limo pulling up next to Jimmy and basically inviting these two ladies across to a you know a, a barbecue later on. Now, the one thing that I picked up from this. And this definitely does change. This is the third watch changes things and doesn't explain things situation. Jimmy basically says, like, oh, we're at the 5-7. Come and, like, the, you know, engine 57. Come and see us later on. They do change that to engine 55. Look, I, I, I don't know how that's explained or if that's ever explained because it's kind of, we know it's the 55th precinct. We know kind of that's what it is with the police. We know that it's what it is with um, the, the paramedics as well. But just keep an eye on that because at one point, that fire truck definitely changes to having 5-5 five, five on the side rather than 5-7. So it's kind of a weird thing there. that, And they, they, it's not like it's just like a pass away thing you notice in the background on their fire engine. Jimmy makes note of it, engine 57. And, yeah, it's it's kind of a weird little thing that they change. I didn't even notice that. I'm going to have to watch out for that as well. Mm. I mean, you've been noticing a lot. Like, I'm, I'm very haven't, nitpicky. Haven't I yet. guess I'm nitpicky with these things. I'm just like, you yeah, changed no, it. No, you no, didn't no. explain it's, it. <laughs> well, no, that's cool, though, because it's like I'm learning. Like, this is kind of new to me. It's kind of like I'm watching the show all over again, like, oh, for the first time, I mean. Mm. <laughs> so it's like, okay. Hey, that's what we're doing here. That's what we're doing on the Oz Network is educating and entertaining, apparently, at the same time. Uh, speaking of Jimmy, we kind of get this scene then of uh, Bosco arriving back at the station, going off at Jimmy. I'm asking nicely, you know, we should have these, uh, you know, we should have some of the meat. I, one thing I just want to quickly say I like, this is a kind of random thing that I noticed. I like the fact that when Bosco and Jimmy are talking, all the sort of the firefighters come out to sort of back Jimmy up. You know, they, you know, here we go, we're going to back him up. And then in the background, you see Kim and Yokus just having a conversation. Like, again, going back a few episodes when I touched on, I think I like this kim Yokus sort of friendship that never gets explored. But, you know, but uh, so we kind of get this little fight. Uh, it's not really a fight. Bosco's asking nicely, um, you know, and Jimmy's like, oh, I, see, I still see your car is, you know, parked in my spot. And then what does what does he turn around and say like oh what are you gonna do go out stand in the street and belt out some Strathan tunes like you know just guys being completely homophobic and then as he walks off they do this weird boom shika boom shika thing so basically Jimmy's like no I'm not letting you have any of my meat uh, but it's all good who has the last last laugh we'll get to that we will get exactly. to that. So from this bit, we obviously get uh, Davis and, and Sully out to lunch. Sully is just kind of, you know, <laughs> making fun of him. And basically, Davis is like, I'm not hungry. Gets a plate load of potatoes. I love it when he meets up with Carlos and they all sit at the table. And Carlos is like, I guess we're at the kitty table. <laughs> Which is kind of 
<laughs> and then we get this nice little we get this nice little scene, you know, of, of Carlos and and um, Davis bonding, uh, you know, and Davis refers to my old lady. Um, and we get the whole little line of, you know, oh, you know, is this what you thought it would be? Hell no. Like, I don't know. It's a nice little scene. Them bonding. We like Davis and Carlos. We do. And they have a great friendship throughout the, the whole series. Mm-hmm. You know, they came in as rookies and they leave as like best friends in a way. Yeah. And we'll obviously, that gets developed across it. We get a we get a nice little random scene of, uh, we meet Kim's mum, who I swear the actress changes when she becomes more of a regular. I want to keep an eye on that because I swear that is not the same actress as we see later on in this series. I don't know if you noticed that or not. Well, because no, I'm trying to think. I was like, I don't think she is. But, but then again... I, don't, I can't. I don't want to talk too much about it because I don't want to give give away any spoilers. But yeah, I need. I need, oh, look. I, I probably can find out now if I do a bit of research. But yeah, I'm just. I need to. I need to keep it. One. One. There's definitely not the same actor. So kind of, we see Kim's mum. She shows up, and we see Bobby sitting on the chair with Joey. We get to meet Joey for the first time. Look at that kid closely. That is definitely not Joey, who we see later on in this series. Like that is that is random kid. Um, that we do not see at all any any time further on. So that is random kid that we don't want to have anything to do with sitting on Bobby's lap. And we kind of we get at this we get at this point Kim sort of Kim's mum mentioning like oh look at him look at them together. And clearly this isn't the first time that Kim's mum is obviously saying like oh you two should be together. And we basically get this real first kind of from Kim like oh you know. I need someone who's got a bit of an edge. Like basically, Kim wants a bad boy. He doesn't. She doesn't want the nice guy. She wants the bad boy. Enter Jimmy, who's kind of like, "Hello, Catherine," and they kind of just, you know, shake their head and roll up. Can I just point out really quickly, kind of jumping all over the point? Uh, yeah, it is a different actress. So this is an actress by the name of Mary Kay Adams, who apparently is Kim's uh, mother in this one. Uh, but she is billed here and only appearing in one episode of Third Watch. I could not tell you who the uh, other actress is, I will find that out for you shortly. But yes, definitely a different actress for Kim's mother coming forward. Just thought I would point that out. Okay, no. There you go. No, no, no. I'm, just, I'm learning. <laughs> you are learning. That, and they, they even changed the spelling of her name, uh, just according to this. So Catherine Zambrano, initially, initially spelt with a K, changed to Catherine with a C, and it, she's later played by an actress by the name of Anne Twomey. So there you go. <laughs> We've educated right there. Anne Twomey becomes Kim's mother, and this is Mary Kay Adams, a different actress. <laughs> Third Watch, for the first time, has done something like that. <laughs> did we talk about the scene? Because I know this comes up a little bit with Davis. Did we talk about the scene where uh, basically Solly's basically like, I need to know that you're my partner? Oh, we kind of gelled over that, didn't we? Yeah, the whole d- the domestic violence. Like, yeah, right. Sorry, I, I've missed like, that. No, you're right. Absolutely, we kind of got a real, yeah. you know, Sully Sully moment of telling Dad, which is, I mean, it's, I guess it almost is forgettable because it's kind of like this leads up to the lunchtime conversation of like Davis saying about like, oh, you know, this, that, and everything else, and obviously it leads. It also leads up to the whole don't get emotions involved, and like he does, and we find out, you know, turns it in. Yeah, and it's, I mean it's interesting, kind of going over their conflicts in this episode because yeah, like you're right. Like, I guess the overlining storyline there with Davis and Sully is like you know don't let your emotions get involved, and clearly it ultimately leads to Davis punching a pedophile. Whereas with Carlos and Doc, it's more so a case of you know Carlos is wanting to make this work, but Doc's just not respecting him enough because he just sees Carlos as nothing more as a temp until Jerry gets back kind of from this point then uh we also learn carlos uh obviously getting to the point now where he wants bobby as his trainer rather than doc so he, he you know catches bobby says hey i want you to be my training officer bobby takes doc uh carlos I'm getting confused already takes him on for a bit of a ride they go out to obviously uh bobby's you know we hear that for the first time the phrase used oh doc is the best paramedic in the city and kind of just saying like look you need to learn and we we learn a little bit about the fact that doc's wife sadly died in a boating accident or a water skiing accident which um is a very weird way to kill someone off but hey cool um but so from this point on uh, well, it's not cool. I, should, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, it's not cool for somebody to die in a water skiing accident, but it's just a strange storyline. Um, we're really digging ourselves a hole this episode, aren't we? So, uh, then we, Bobby confronting Sonny about the wallet, as obviously Kim's wallet got stolen, and we meet Bama, 
Um, which Bobby essentially assaults a guy in broad daylight wearing his FDNY uniform, if you don't mind, to get this wallet back. Now, there's no reprimand for this. There's no one complaining about the fact that a city official is bashing up a kid in a park. Like, are we not just going to think this is a thing? I would think that was hot. I was like, <laughs> Bob, I don't know. I thought that was hot. I love that scene. I, like, I, I, I replayed it a couple times. Because <laughs> he wasn't his uniform. And, like, you don't see Bobby as the violent type. But then you see him when it comes to Kim, though. He's willing to go to bat for her, like I said. You know, I mean. <laughs> okay, so, 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 so essentially I'm learning this from you, Brandy, that, like, men with size 17 feet don't matter to you as long as they're sexy firefighter uniform punching up kids in parks. Okay. No. <laughs> No, I just because like no, I just love when he's, I love seeing sweet guys who can actually like if they need to defend somebody. I just think that's it shows that like they're not violent all the time. They're not just oh whatever. <laughs> I think I know what you mean. I think I know what. Yeah, you mean. yeah, I know, I know. But it's just, it's just, it's just <laughs> interesting. I mean that that surely would have been reported. But anyway, you know, it's Bobby. This is Bobby doing anything he can to the Kim, basically going out of his way to get this wallet back and you know ultimately we get that little scene where he gives it back to her and you know he's put the money back in there and everything else is uh is fine uh we'll get to that because obviously we get a real like look let's be honest this is a really confronting scene kind of what we get from this point on um you know doc and uh sorry sally and davis have been called to the hospital they've got a report of a rape and you know it's it's kind of it's it's interesting how they do this because it's kind of They've been called to the hospital. Again, going back to, I think, what you, we've talked about, about how, you know, this is what they see all the time. You know, they're used to this because they've basically just showed up to the hospital. We're here for about a rape. And Sully's kind of a bit blasé about the fact that he's just like, oh, I'm just going to go to the bathroom. You know, just hang here for a second. You know, it's kind of like, well, hey, guys, like, come on. You know, you've got these terrible crimes being committed. Be a bit more forward thinking. But anyways, but of course, we discover in this point, you know, Davis at this point is like, okay, look, I'll, I'll take the initiative. So he goes to exam room one. Uh, basically goes in there. There's a mother and a young child there. And he goes back to Dana and says, oh, sorry, you know, I, I, mis- I must have misheard you. Did you, you know, what room was that in? And she's like, yeah, no, you got the right room. It's, you know, that's that's the rape victim. So obviously we're, we're basically confronted, you know, with a, with a small child. Sadly, you know, she's been raped by her stepdad. Um, and look, it's, it's very, yeah, it's, it's a confronting scene. It is, it, I guess it's kind of, you don't, expect it in a way it's not like this has been a plot line of this episode it's just kind of all of a sudden like hey here you go here's a plot line about a small child being raped and you're like whoa okay this is heavy um but i think it's well done it's not it's not done in a way that is you know over dramatic or you know whatever it's just again it goes back to the fact that these people have to deal with such you know horrific things on a day-to-day basis and i think it's done very well the way they do it i will say Leading up to it, I love the uh, conversation that Sully has at the end when Davis is like, I guess I let the, my emotions get the best of me kind of thing. And then Sully's like, well, I don't think there's anybody going to be, you know, there's not going to be anybody complaining about you for what you did, you know? Yeah. So I thought that was my scene they had at the end, you know, and it kind of like, I feel like that kind of grew the relationship a little bit more. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Because then Sully's like, you know, because that's something Sully might have done, but since he's like almost retired, not he's not retiring soon, but he's you know, been on a job for so long. I think it was kind of cool. It was like his, the rookie did that, you know, and then Sully's probably like, okay. And it's kind of, it's, 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 it's explained, isn't it? Cause it's kind of like going back to what I was saying about the fact that, you know, he's Bobby bashing up a kid in a park. That's completely fine. Yet they feel the need that they've got to explain the fact that, you know, a cop in uniform has just punched a guy in broad daylight in front of everyone. But it's kind of, as Sully explains it, he's like, well, look, you know, because you punched a pedophile, you'll probably get a medal. And then he's like, oh, but there were witnesses. And then basically, Sally's like, well, yeah, but I don't think any of those people are going to be like, hey, you shouldn't be punching a pedophile. Let's defend the pedophile. So, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it's well, and it's a nice little scene at the end. And again, it's kind of counterbalances the whole Doc Carlos fight, which is like, you feel there's no resolution coming anytime soon between Doc and Carlos. And let's be honest, spoiler alert, there isn't a resolution. It's only going to get worse before it gets better. Whereas like with Sully and Davis, you know, every single time there's kind of like a bit of conflict, it, it gets resolved, you know, I don't say quickly, but we it's, also to, yeah. the audience has to keep in mind that also like, because I don't know if you mentioned this, but Sully knew Davis beforehand anyways, you know? So that's yeah. probably why, where Carlos and Doc are just, like, two... It's just two new people in that, in that scenario where 
Stolly is kind of like a father figure to Davis in a way, as you can start seeing a little bit later on. Spoiler alert, you know. But yeah, absolutely agree. And it's just it's kind of it's it's done in it's done in a way that it's it's you know again it's it's so well balanced in the way they're doing it, so to speak. So from that point, sort of crossing between that though, we've had that scene going on and the the whole Davis Ali thing. We also then get uh, the barbecue. Uh, so to really date this episode, we hear Mumbo Number no. Five by Lou Baker. That's dating this episode. But um, I love that, you know, they've got this whole barbecue scene going on and Bosco and Yokus are kind of just, you know, watching it from afar. And what does Yokus say? Like, oh, you know, you do know it's raining and kind of, you know, Yokus is is sort of like, you know, oh, it's so nice that they've invited the whole neighbourhood. Um, and then I love Bosco's like, that's my meat. And it's like, oh, well, there's nothing you can do about it. And then Bosco's like, well, the hell there isn't. And then, uh, obviously, that ultimately leads us to uh, Jimmy seeing a bunch of towing trucks. And Bosco's called the towing trucks. You've all been parked illegally. And <laughs> I love this sequence <laughs> where Jimmy's like, okay, okay, you've had your fun. You know, fair enough. Uh, you know, let's stop this. And then Bosco's like, no. And one of my favourite bits is Bobby. <laughs> Bobby in the background when basically Bosco's like, you know, oh, how much are they? Oh, probably about $1,000 each. And Bosco's like, $1,000? Hey, 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 stop that, stop that. Like, Bobby in the background losing his shit. I know. That, that's fun. But then, of course, you know, we get uh, we get Bosco. What's that smell? And then Yoko's meat. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great scene. I love how it all builds up to that. I think this episode wrapped up pretty decent. I, I love the wrap, wrapping up of this episode, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, absolutely agree with you. Um, and then, obviously, we get... Uh, the scene, actually, I will just quickly touch on. Um, so, we, we kind of loosely went over the whole Davis-Sully uh, conversation there about, you know, them sort of bonding. But the one bit I really do like is when Davis says, you know, I keep seeing all these messed up things, you know, and uh, I keep thinking that somebody should call the police. Then I remember... I am the police. Like, that would be me. That would that would definitely be me. Like, if I was a cop, I'd be like, oh, somebody should call the cops. Oh, wait, I am a cop. <laughs> For me, probably be the opposite, to be honest. I mean, I already, I already seen a lot in life, so I think I'll be used to it when I get if I got on the job. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, yeah. There's not much to say about that scene besides the whole, I do love the whole talk with you, Sully and Davis. But it's, I like the uh, emotional t- the intensity of it. Yeah. So we get uh, obviously then the closing scene is kind of it's it's uh, Doc with Jerry's wife again. You know we had the whole cookie scene that we kind of I think touched on before, um, and then we get this nice little scene between him and Jerry's wife, basically. You know, and we get this whole scenario again, don't we? That we're learning that hey, they've got a really shitty job. They're getting what like forty grand a year and crappy benefits, and you know she's standing up for what Doc did. The the, the one bit like. I don't know if I come across as a bit of an asshole for saying this is a cringeworthy scene, but when she turns around and says, you know, do you miss Deborah? Me too. It's kind of like, well, no shit, Sherlock. His wife died in the last year. Do you not think he's going to turn around and say, nah, I'm kind of over her. Don't don't think about her anytime soon. So I kind of get a bit cringeworthy at that point because it's like, that is just... It's almost a bit of a dick thing for Jerry's wife to say. It's kind of like his best friend's laying there in bed recovering. He's still recovering from his dead wife. Yeah, he's kind of probably missing her a lot. She she sees him struggling, though, you know? I mean, how long ago did his wife die? It's it's been the last year. I think it's been the last year. I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, handle it better. Don't say, do you miss her? Maybe just be like... Oh, how are you doing? Like, look, you know, I know you're not okay. Like, just give him a hug. Don't, like, state the obvious. Like, you don't want to bring up something like that at that point in time. Like, no shit. He's going to be missing his dead wife. He's going to be struggling for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm just getting too anal about it. We're being, we're picking with. What I do like is, though, is that she does treat him like family. Like, I love that scene with Jerry and, uh, the wife and Doc. I love that dynamic as well, even though Jerry's not in the show as long. But I love how she, like, remember the last scene, the last, was it the last episode? No, the first episode, or the second episode, she was basically like, you're like, your family too, Doc. Yeah. And so, I mean, I do like that. She's like, you do miss, I don't know, when I look at it like that, I see where you're coming from at the same time, but I also see, like, she's a woman saying, like, you miss her, like, you, 
It's a similar thing going back to the very first episode where I, I, you know, ripped shit into the fact of like, you know, why did we break up? You slept with my sister. Like, look, I can see why they're doing it from a TV perspective for the audience. Yeah, But yeah. as somebody who's trying to analyse this as realistic, like, again, we've ripped shit about a poor kid who's died at the beginning of this episode uh, and the fact that they can jokingly joke about a guy who's fallen off a roof and splattered on the pavement. Oops. Um, but it's like... <laughs> I don't know. There's just something about that that I just cringe a little bit. It's like, no fucking shit, he misses her, you stupid woman. <laughs> just be completely mean. <laughs> anyway, so that's uh, that's episode four. That's <laughs> uh, hell is what you make of it. Uh, what are we doing with this episode, Brandy? Are we renting it, buying it, or binning it? I would actually, I would buy it, I guess. Just because it's kind of, it's I like the intensity. It's a little bit. It has its moments, but I would cut the scene if I could, where he says "oops." If I could cut that out or like replace it, I would. Because mm. that one, that kind of ruins it for me. But other than that, I would probably buy this episode. I, I, I'm going to buy it. Look, I, I think we. I feel this is probably the most negative we've been about an episode. Weirdly, but I, I, I would also buy it just because the Jimmy, the Jimmy Bosco thing is awesome. I think we've get like. We touched on the last episode that, like, we'd only rent that one with some of the character. I think the character development's more important here between the couples that we kind of went over. Like, you know, Sully and Davis last episode was kind of just forgotten in the background and the sort of the Doc Carlos thing set it up. But I think this this develops it more with their little conflict. And definitely the, the Sully Davis thing really develops it. And in a weird way with Bosco's characteristics in this episode, like, again, we're getting this bigoted side of him. But again, it's also a case of, yeah, he's a bigot, but he still cares for people enough to try and help them. And he's not like, it's not like he turned around when he first felt a bit uncomfortable about the guy being gay. It's not like he, you know, didn't care what Yoko said and walked out. You know, he then went on to obviously do the whole, you're a handsome guy, there's going to be guys after you. So, you know, clearly when push comes to shove, Bosco is a caring guy, but he's just a bigot in the meantime. So, um, yeah, I, I think this is a buy. I definitely feel this is a, a good episode, despite the fact that you and I have just, you know, seamlessly killed a kid in this episode. But, hey, look, you know what happens. Uh, <laughs> why not? Well, which is, I mean, why get the mom home? Well, it's- <laughs> Maybe we're looking for- <laughs> It's been 18 Maybe years, for- kids' mum. Get over it. He drowned. <laughs> well, no, I mean... <laughs> I mean, oh, I mean, we just- <laughs> that's what Brandy's saying. All right, kids, mum, don't get hope. But I mean, realistically, we're talking realistically. Yes. You say call the mom, like they gave the mom hope. Realistically, that kid was already dead. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, next episode, responsible parties. It's another you know interesting one. We meet a we meet Morales. That's our first Morales episode. She becomes in it a little bit uh, involved. We learn a bit more about what Jerry's doing moving forward. We get a bit of Bobby Jimmy rivalry. Why not? Um, and we also get we get a bit of badass faith in the next episode. We've talked a little bit about how Yokus can be badass when she needs to be. I think this is really now where we get a bit of badass Yokus because it's a pretty intense storyline. So uh, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a good episode. It, I think it was kind of foreshadowed in this episode, to be honest. Because like, remember Jerry's wife said something about it said something about it mm-hmm. a little bit like and we didn't really see anything which i don't know i don't want to explore i'll bring it up next episode do it do it remember it note that yeah. down note that down uh as always if anybody's listening to this and you're enjoying our third watch recap if you're in the third watch fans group on facebook if you're on twitter anything along those lines we always appreciate your feedback you can email us the Oz network at hotmail.com message us on facebook you can tweet us and remember to subscribe rate and like us we're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, wherever good podcasts are downloadable. But in the meantime, I'm out of here. My name is Ben, and I'm going to step in dead guy and not kill any more kids. And I'm Brandy, and I will try to not be as harsh to you, Kim, <laughs> next episode. <laughs> I'll, tra- I'll try. <laughs> Hashtag, we love Kim Raver. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.